This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, February 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Corteva to stop making chlorpyrifos. Congress members like new details on VAs. And USDA signals flexibility on hemp testing. Corteva will cease manufacturing of chlorpyrifos. Corteva AgriScience, the lead registrant for chlorpyrifos, said declining sales prompted its decision yesterday to stop producing the insecticide by the end of the year. Corteva's commitment to stand behind this product will help ensure that farmers and other professionals continue to have access. The word of Chris Novak, president and CEO of CropLife America. Earth Justice Attorney Kristen Boyles, who is representing groups suing to get chlorpyrifos banned by linking it to brain damage in children, said the Corteva decision, quote, shows how chlorpyrifos is failing from a business perspective alone. Keep in mind, growers outside of California can still buy chlorpyrifos products from other registered companies. Corteva vows to continue working on re-registration. In California, the Department of Pesticide Regulation officially canceled chlorpyrifos sales yesterday. By 2021, growers will no longer be allowed to use or even possess chlorpyrifos. You can read the full report on the Corteva decision at agripulse.com. State and federal agencies want to make composting easier. It turns out USDA Deputy Secretary Steve Sinsky traveled to Santa Barbara County for more than a regional economic forum yesterday. At the event, USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service joined US EPA, CDFA, Cal EPA, and a dozen other agencies in launching a joint compost work group to ease adoption of the conservation practice. The group will address permitting hurdles, clarify regulations, and create incentives for on-farm composting. The aim is to decrease nutrient loading, reduce burning, and improve soil health. Cal EPA Secretary Jared Blumenfeld, who spearheaded the chlorpyrifos ban last year, said he looks forward to, quote, supporting our state's farmers and ranchers in adopting carbon farming practices. New details on voluntary agreements have Congress members hopeful. Four Democratic representatives from the Central Valley and Senator Dianne Feinstein are the latest to applaud the Newsom administration's framework goals for voluntary agreements. In a joint statement, they said a compromise over Delta water flows will better support habitat restoration while, quote, providing certainty to California agriculture and other water users. Like many others closely watching the process, they are eager for more details and recognize much work remains. To recap, Newsom announced on Tuesday he wanted to double the Delta salmon population in 15 years while dedicating 60,000 acres to restoration. The effort entails building a funding pot of $5 billion to pay for the environmental improvements. Other responses have been similar to the Congress members, water contractors, the Metropolitan Water District, and the California Farm Water Coalition, all optimistic this is a step in the right direction, but recognize it is still early in the process. Conservation groups remain skeptical, however, with defenders of wildlife saying the deal is built on quicksand instead of credible science. Pollution reporting tweaks ease some requirements for farmers. 
The Air Resources Board, or CARB, yesterday held the first of a series of workshops about amendments to new reporting requirements for pollutants and toxic air contaminants. Remember, CARB approved the requirements in 2018. At that time, the California Farm Bureau's Noel Kramer said she did not expect that the bill proposing this regulation, AB 617, made pollution reporting a requirement for farms across the state. Staff at the workshop yesterday, however, clarified that the regulation actually adds two previous measures with much broader requirements. The changes Kramers and the coalition of ag groups she represented did get many of the amendments they had asked for last summer. CARB had considered significantly lowering the threshold for criteria emissions, which would have required many more farms and dairies to monitor and report emissions. That new threshold was not adopted. CARB also created a more abbreviated system for ag businesses and is syncing its work with local air districts to prevent double jeopardy in its penalties for not reporting. China to cut some ag tariffs. China will be cutting its tariffs next week on a long list of U.S. ag commodities, but only by 25 to 5%. The gesture is generally not expected to substantially increase opportunities for U.S. exporters. China will only be dropping its duty on U.S. soybeans by 2.5%, so that brings the punitive tariff rate to 27.5%. Punitive Chinese tariffs on fruits, vegetables, and tree nuts remain especially high despite a new trade deal reached with the U.S. in December. Walnuts, for example, will still have a 70% tariff even after China enacts a 5% cut next Friday the 14th. Sarah Negu-Reed, Associate Director for Federal Policy at the California Farm Bureau Federation, said tariff reduction is always a good thing for our specialty crop growers, but we are not certain exactly how much relief 5% will give to a number of our commodities we export to China. USDA to hemp growers. We hear you on testing. USDA officials are getting an earful from state governments and the hemp industry about the THC testing requirements in the department's interim rule. Growers are concerned, among other things, about whether there are enough eligible labs for farmers to test their crops during the required 15-day window before harvest. Bruce Summers, administrator of the Agriculture Marketing Service, told reporters yesterday the agency has heard the concerns loud and clear. But he said there will be no changes in the testing rules until after the 2020 harvest. The agency is currently going through 4,600 comments that it received on an interim final rule issued last fall to regulate hemp production. Summers stressed that USDA has no legal authority to delay the October 31 deadline for states and producers to be in compliance with the 2018 Farm Bill requirements. White Matters. Well, at least 30 states have told the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture they will have to revise their own laws in order to comply. Looking ahead, AMS will take another round of comments after the 2020 growing season. And on that note, CDFA is looking to fill 13 seats on its Industrial Hemp Advisory Board. This board advises on hemp seed laws and regulations, enforcement, annual budgets, and the setting of an assessment rate. USMCA moving through Canadian process. A lobbyist for the Canadian beef industry says the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement 
could clear that country's parliament by the end of March. He expects the bill to pass by margins similar to the 90% majorities that the U.S. implementing legislation got. And here's a correction this morning. Billions, not millions. Yesterday, we quoted DPR Director Val Dulcini as saying bees add a value of about $220 million a year. Dulcini, however, was describing more than just California and meant the global agriculture economy, and he said billions. We regret the error. Here's today's He Said It. Staff, you are the paragon of fitness. You've had the endurance to go to all of the air districts, and you have demonstrated your flexibility and nimbleness. You're real masters of yoga as well. That John Eisenhunt, Agriculture Board Member for the Air Resources Board, commenting on the 2018 CARB meeting on how well staff had responded to stakeholder concerns. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Friday, February 7th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.